If you have your Bible, please turn with me into Revelation chapter 21. This book um, has gotten a lot of people in the world, both Christians and non-Christian, to get scared about things, get scared about events because... You know, we assume that the things that are written in here, you know, they are above our understanding. They are above what we can break down for our minds to get. But always we would want to remind us that the Word of God, as it is written for us, God knows for sure that we are supposed to get it when we read it, because he's the author of it, and when we read it, we will understand it, because it's God's Word, and God wants us to know the things as they unfold every day, as they unfold in the Scripture. It gets people scared because, oh, you see, you saw um, a white horse and it has wings, and it's flying across the globe, and you're wondering what kind of movie is that? It's a Bible. In fact, these people in the movies, they have borrowed a lot of things from the Bible. Even the sci-fi movies and all these things, they borrowed a lot of things from the Bible because they've read it, they pick the idea, and yet they reject the God who made all these things to be. And this is probably, we, we went through this book actually in church while we were in town, before coming to First and Second Corinthians. The whole of it, it was amazing. But the few verses I want us to read this morning, verses 1 to 8, probably would title it, Life After Life. Now I saw... A new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life 
freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God, we pray that you help us to bring your word home, to help us grasp it in what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you can remember, some weeks or some months back, when we were going through uh, fast in Second Peter, he talked about, you know, this earth being finished. He talked about, you know, looking forward to this time when we will enjoy being with our Lord Jesus Christ. And he told us that this earth, as it is, it will melt away. And everything that is in it will pass away. Everything will go. And these things, they are not isolated. When we read such scriptures, we're like, no, it is just in Revelation that we see such things. But I want us to go back in Isaiah Isaiah 65, 65-17. This was long before John was born. Behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her nor the voice of crying. This was written in Isaiah about the new heavens, about the new earth, that in it there will be no sorrows, will be rejoicing. Think about a world without pain. Think about it. I don't know if we have ever gone a day without some sort of pain, without some sort of destruction in our mind, with some sort of, you know, anger issues and all these things. They happen to us daily. I don't know if we ever step back and think about this new Jerusalem, this new place 
where there's no weeping, there's no crying, no people breaking your heart. <laughs> Think about it. Everything you've ever longed for, everything was that was meant to be in the first one will be there, though this one was messed up. You read, and we, we are given um, a description of a cubicle city that drops down, comes from the heavens, built with precious stones. And some people are like, man, this thing, will we ever have like water inside it? <laughs> it's built of stone and gold and all that stuff. No, though, though if there's milk, there, there, there are some animals. If there's honey, there are some there's some places you can go and enjoy. Look at what God has made and be blown away with what God can do. That was written many, many, many years back. Also in Second Peter... Chapter 3, verses 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So what are we looking for? The new heaven and the new earth where righteousness dwells. This one is already tiring. This one is already having a lot of trouble. There's, there's nothing that is, you know, good about it. The, the good thing about it right now is that God is still in it. <laughs> and God has kept it. And God has kept all of us. We, the earth has still got some order because of God's presence in it. But think about it. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the earth had passed away. Remember, this was written many years that I will make it. But now this promise has come true. And Peter is telling us that what we are looking for is a place where righteousness dwells. Righteousness dwells. A place where we are God's people. He is our God. We, we worship no other apart from the creator of the universe. Also, there was no more sea. Wow. How do you like that? <laughs> you know, you think about it. When Christ shall come, and, you know, we'll be caught up in the air. And our bodies will be changed in a twinkling of an eye. So that this, this body that we have cannot enjoy the new Jerusalem. Why? Because it's corrupted. The one that will receive when Christ shall come has no corruption. 
because the Bible says that we shall be like him, not in the nature of him being God, but our bodies will be transformed. We will not have this flesh that craves for sin every time. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Wow. Don't you guys like weddings? <laughs> Every wedding you attend, the bride is always amazing always amazing. They will take time, some even months before the wedding, and they're starting to find products that will make their faces glow. I, I don't want wrinkles on my wedding day. It is just that one day. Whatever I will do, I will make sure that I'll keep my waistline, I'll keep my body fine, everything fine, fine. Why? Because I want to be presentable. Not just being presentable in front of people because that's a big deal for other people, but being presentable for the groom. I want to paint this image that he will never forget the rest of his life. Wonderful, amazing. Even those who don't do makeup every day like my wife, they'll do it. <laughs> Just for the sake of the wedding. Like, oh man, something has changed about you. <laughs> and you know, most of the time we, we want to remain in that atmosphere. Like, can we be like this forever? <laughs> can we just be like this can we have weddings every day? <laughs> because it's beautiful. It's a picture that we can all understand. And he sees, he, he sees this, Mr. John. He sees a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That means, you know, even right now, it is being worked on. It is being prepared. It is being made a place that we will enjoy, a place where righteousness alone dwells. I don't know if you guys are looking forward to this kind of place. <laughs> I am looking forward to For real, I am. It can be selfish that I want to go, but as the days goes by, I get tired with this world. You wake up and your knees hurt, your back hurt, your stomach's painful, your eyes can't see clearly. You try to comb your hair, you have like thousands of them, <laughs> you're combing them out. We are, we are fading away. This body is wasting away. We cannot stay too long. But this new Jerusalem is made 
for us. In other words, we would say that, hey, the church is also being prepared to meet the husbandman, to meet our Lord. And we are being sanctified daily through His Word so that we are presented holy and without blame before Him. That when we appear before God, we are blameless. He looked to us through the lenses of His Son who died at the cross for us. What a wonderful time that would be. And he says this, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God alone will be their God. Apart from what we hear nowadays, everyone has their own God. People have created their own God to worship. We have our own idols. The things that we pay, you know, more allegiance to apart from the God who made us. The things that we can see. The things that we can touch. The things that we can experience here on earth. They say a hard a loud voice. In other words, this information, I didn't miss it that God will be their God. People are still wondering today if God exists in this planet. That how can we have so much chaos in the world and say that God is here? A lot of things are happening. But in this new Jerusalem, you won't miss it. Because the tabernacle of God, in other words, the dwelling place, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. The dwelling place of God is with men. God is with us. When we call him Emmanuel, we say Emmanuel, God with us. It's for real that we can behold him, that we can see him. I know we can experience him even right now intimately. But then, this will be a time when every other thing that you see is the beauty of Christ. Apart from all, in fact, you, you won't be thinking about that kashamba that someone stole from you. You won't be thinking of your vehicle that was damaged. You won't be thinking of anything that is of this world because this one will pass and all the things with it. But the new one will be amazing and God will be their God. God himself. Not any other. The question would be for us right now is is this God your God right now? Is he your God? Or are we using him for something else? 
Do we personally know him? Can you say that your heart is a dwelling place for God? And he said this very beautiful. I know many people don't like this book, but they like this verse. (laughs) And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have died. For the former things have passed Away. He will wipe away your tears. I don't know the feeling, or I don't know if anyone has ever wiped away your tears when you were in pain. Or even when you're in joy, you're happy in the tears of joy rolling down and someone takes her, whatever they take. And wipe your tears. I don't know if you guys will feel how that is very intimate. That someone will go their way, take a handkerchief or a towel, whatever, and wipe your tears and say, it is well. Or if you're happy, say, we rejoice with you. Or you only have people around you when you cry like, hmm, ongeza ijaze kekombe. Lia, lia ishe. You know how that is, <laughs> there is a consolation from other people. Hey, watch a lia ishe. We have streams of water in our bodies. We can cry, it never ends. <laughs> we'll drink water and create some more. God will wipe away their tears. Every tear from their eyes. God will wipe it away. There shall be no more death. Because you guys know what brought death to this earth the disobedience of man. You disregard what God says, it gave birth to death. And now, every one of us is subject to that, that which happened in the beginning. That Adam and Eve sinned before God and death came into the world. But this other new Jerusalem, the Bible says, is no more death. That, is, that means we have life in Christ right now. And after we are caught up with him, we have life eternal with him. Wow. So we have a group of people who die physical death and then they'll have life eternal We have another group that will die physical death, and then they will have the second death. 
And this second death is horrible. You know, people think of death as, you know, meaning there's no conscience. There's, nothing happens. You know, I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> you know, I don't care about anything. But you guys see what the Bible says about the second death? That these people will be burning. And that burning is what the Bible calls the second death. I don't know if any one of you will be dreaming for such. But either way, let's backtrack and say there's no more death, no more sorrow, and no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. What are these former things? The things he just mentioned. You know, there's no death because we... You, know, you see people crying you, you, you know, you drive around or you walk around where there's a funeral. Even when you don't know these people, sometimes there's just things in you that just feel sad. I'm sad for them. They have lost so-and-so. They have lost this. You, you, you feel pain. Why? Because it was never meant to be. It was never meant to be. But it came as a result of disobedience. God's word. So the, for the former things have passed away. All of them, not one thing. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are true and faithful. That for sure, I make all things new. You see this very word that he's told to, to write? He says, I make. He doesn't say, I will. You know, I'll think about it sometime. I'll figure it out how to do it. He said, no, I make all things new. Write these words. For they are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. There's some words when you hear from our Lord Jesus Christ. You're like, man, this is the, the, the word I've been longing for. That he's telling me, hey, it's, it's done. Here you have fought a good fight of faith. You're here. It is done. Welcome. Good and faithful servant. Welcome. You have fought. In this earth, you fought a good fight. And you see what the Bible says that, you know, the, ev the, the heavens and the earth will pass away, but his word remains forever. You know, when we cite that verse, normally we always want to talk about the word of God that never, you know, the word of God that is powerful, that all these things will pass away. But let's come back and see what they're talking about also in totality, that the heavens and the earth will pass away. There will be no more of those. No more of this beauty of earth that we see right here. 
everything that is as beautiful as it can get, there's amazing things that are coming. This world has a lot of corruption. And he says, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. You realize just from the beginning of the Bible, the Genesis to Revelation, we read and we see things. There is always a beginning and there's always an end to the things that are made. The things that remain eternal, God himself remains to be eternal. And the spirit that he made is eternal. The other things will pass away. Even the, the heavens and earth, they cannot contain God. The Bible says that heaven is his dwelling place and the earth his footstool. And you're thinking, so when all these things are passed away, where will he dwell and where will he put his feet? <laughs> if the earth is his footstool, God is not restricted by the things that he created, by the things that he made. I love one statement that Pastor Alfred mentioned to us in our men's meeting, that anyone who creates or makes something, they don't become part of that something. Whoever made this phone, they can track this phone. They can corrupt it and, you know, it will cease to work and there's nothing you can do about it. As much as you will enjoy using this phone, this phone is not part of that guy. Whoever made this pulpit is not part of it. <laughs> Whoever made this floor is not part of this floor. So that when you're walking like, oh, you just stepped on me. <laughs> you, you don't become part of it because you made it. The God who made the world, he transcends these things that are made. In fact, he only spoke and they became. But think about the beauty of him being mindful of the things he made, of the people he created. It's not like the people who do business today. You know, they create a product... And then they give it just one year or two years max. After that, you have to buy another one because if it stays forever, it's bad for business, right? Yeah, they'll make TVs, nice one, you enjoy it. After two years, it's trouble after trouble after trouble. When you want to replace something, it is more expensive, so you'd just rather buy a new one. They have to play a brain game with people. Otherwise, they won't make a lot of money. The vehicle they make today as compared to the old ones, man, it's like something just scratches your kind like, <laughs> it's a big damage. But man, long time ago it was head on and you're like, let's go. <laughs> Let's move on. You know. The former things have passed away. 
And he said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The Hebrew words for the first and the last. The beginning and the end. I will give the fountains of water of life freely to him who thirsts. And so when all these things are happening, still God is giving us a choice to make. It is not just, well, everyone will enjoy this fountain. No, it is for them who thirst for it. If you don't, you won't. If you desire it, you receive it. You'll get it. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. In other words, you, you know, you're thirsty for his righteousness. You, you, you hunger and thirst for righteousness. He will pour it out. He will open the streams of abundance flowing your way. And he who overcome shall inherit all things. He who does what? He who overcomes. In this, this same, same book, it says, you know, they overcame with the blood of the Lamb and through the words of their testimony. Those who are not ashamed of testifying about Christ. They overcame. They, they, they verbalized their belief to the world. They did not shy away. Because we'll see it as we end that that is a problem for those who are coward. By say he'll give the fountains of water of life freely to him who thirsts, and he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Wow. Amazing. That you will be God's forever. You'll be gods. Everyone wants a place where they belong. Some are in families and they don't want to be there because of one, two, three issues. They're yearning for a place where they will be loved, where they will enjoy peace with the people who care about them. I want to be loved I want someone to hold my hand and say, hey, it is well. When I cry, someone can wipe my tears and say, hey, it is well. We long for these moments. We long for these people. But you see, God, beyond our human love that we can give, our human affection that we can give to one another, God say that he will be your God. You will be his child. Wow. I want to draw your attention for you to really think about heaven. 
or think about God, the presence of God, the new heaven, the new earth, whatever it is. Think about a place where God is there full time. He is here, but a place where there's no sorrows, there's no heartaches. Your eyes are not going dim. You know, there's no optica in heaven. <laughs> there's, there's no whatever. Dr. coming to mess around with my teeth. Like, no, that one. Take it out. <laughs> I will be his God and he shall be my son. But listen to this last part in this section. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, or those who practice magic, idolaters, and all sorts of lie, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is this second death. I mean, already this should get you scared. <laughs> this should get you scared. Looking at what will be happening, this is the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. I don't have sufficient words to explain how that would work. <laughs> or how to, how to just think about it. It is raining fire everywhere. <laughs> Underneath is fire. Beside you is fire. Whatever is coming from above you is fire. It is fire every corner. And do you know what happens? Is it is pain that has no end. And that is what the Bible describes as what? The second death. In other words, God, in his wisdom, he's giving us a choice to think soberly of the life we have today so that we don't end up in that direction. The cowardly. And remember, he's speaking to the church too. So we have a lot of cowards in the church who don't want other people to know that they're born again, who don't want anything else to do with Christ apart from what they're just thinking. I just want Christ to help me with this, to help me with this and that and that and that. But they cannot go out there and share their faith with other people. The same book says they overcame with the words of their testimony and through the blood of the Lamb. In other words, can you testify of Christ's death? Can you testify of how he's changed you? Can you testify? And then the unbelieving, these are, this is the group. It's not necessarily those who don't have the ability to believe, but those who has, they have refused to believe. They have refused. The truth has been spoken to them. They have heard it, but they, they just have hardened 
their hearts, not to receive God's Word. You know what the Bible says? Do not harden your hearts as your forefathers did. This is a warning throughout the Bible. <laughs> do not harden your hearts. Do not. You people who are stiff-necked, don't do this. Don't do this. For your own good. So that you don't end up in the lake of fire. And this, this is not to say, you know, this, this is the end of it. You know, this is revelation and, you know, other sins have not been mentioned apart from this one. So I can do others that has not been mentioned here. No. It's just trying to help you think. Think about what God is saying. He's saying, hey, I will wipe away every tear. There will be no sorrows. Why? Because the former is gone. The former is passed away. And behold, I make things new that you will enjoy. This new thing that you will enjoy, I've been preparing and I'm still preparing for you. But there's a warning. You guys realize there's many warnings in the Bible. Many warnings, and these are not for the people out there. It is for us who, who are in, in, in the house. As I, as I bring the worship team to come, I want you just to think about these things. Murderers. Who are the murderers? You think they're the people who are shooting people out there? The Bible says you, you hate your brother. You're a what? You're a murderer because your, your intent, your heart's desire was to take them out. Though you didn't physically kill them, but your heart's desire was to take them out. You are a murderer. <laughs> the standards of Christ are higher. But we can achieve it when we walk in him. Think of our brothers, you know, we don't think ill of our brothers and sisters. The murderers and sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. <laughs> all, all liars. All forms of lies, everything related to lies. Big, small, whatever it is. Do you know where their place is? The lake of fire. They shall have their part in the lake of fire. Imagine being a coward of not sharing the gospel. <laughs> it's dangerous. Christ saved you so that you can become a witness. You know what happened with the disciples? He says, stay in Jerusalem until I empower you. And after you have received the Holy Ghost, you have received the Holy Spirit, you shall be my witnesses from where you are to the uttermost parts of the world. In other words, we don't have excuse. From where you are, your house, your neighbors, your colleagues, and to the uttermost. 
You know, we, we love the last part, the uttermost, because, you know, people don't know us there. <laughs> but around where people know us, we don't want to be serious with this Christian thing, right? Like, what an chikwaji. What does mean, holy Joe? They'll call me names. No, be a Christian in your house. Be a Christian in your office. Be a Christian even in front of your children. Be a Christian everywhere and every time. Just be a Christian. Do what God has called you to do. And do you know, when you do that, you say, hey, welcome, good and faithful servant. Welcome that you're here to enjoy life after that life. You're not going to perish, but enjoy life. But just remember that He will wipe away your tears. No more sorrows, no more death. Everything is gone. Everything, behold, everything is new. I don't know what you probably want to make new in your life even today. Maybe a commitment that is dwindling. Maybe something that is not working out well. Whatever new thing you want, whatever kind of thirst you have that is godly, He will quench it for you. He will help you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those people who are looking forward to the new Jerusalem, where righteousness only dwells. God, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege. We thank you that we can call you Abba Father. We thank you for we see in your word, you say that you're the beginning and the end. You're the author of our lives. From now until when it ends here on earth, when you give us a, a new beginning, the beginning of new things, the beginning of no sorrows, the beginning of no death, the beginning of no more pain. God, we thank you. We thank you for that. Thank you for the privilege that we can see clearly what you're calling us to do. And that is to hunger and to thirst for your word. Help us, Lord, as we think about these words throughout the day and the rest of the week. We ask that your Holy Spirit will guide us through. And as we give to you our offerings this morning, we pray that you be glorified in them in Jesus' name. Amen.